Now you shot a fair number of music videos that you have like a system going, right? Yep. It's not fixed, but typically you are looking at putting on the concepts, location scouting, then you talk in styling, then you work out the vendors, lights and makeup, then you finalize the shooting schedule, then you shoot, and then you have the whole back and forth with editing. Exactly, yeah. Here's my question. What's your least favorite part about the process? Editing. It has to be <laughs> editing. Listen, editing is, is like, I've really got it down to a point where I know that to do one minute of edit can take me up to seven hours. And that's like one minute of the video. <laughs> <laughs> so editing is literally a nightmare to the point where, like previously, I've looked at outsourcing that bit, but I feel like because we all have our individual styles, like no one can do it the same way you had in what your head. What you want. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So I think definitely like the sitting behind the screen, not being able to even listen to other music, not being able to <laughs> watch any other shows on the side, like you can do with other work. Yeah, it definitely has to be the actual editing process, yeah. When people show you who they are, believe them. Yes. All right, listeners, welcome to Bad Energy, the show where misery loves company. Joining me today as our guest is Nigel, who you've been hearing, British Ghanaian photographer and videographer, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Glad to have you on, man. Thank you very much, Cyril. Uh, very nice to be on the show. And yeah, looking forward to talking through some of the the topics that we have lined up it, it should be fun it should be fun you mentioned editing and i did go through some of your videos and i mean your cuts and transitions like it's clean it's fun thank you i don't know the best way to describe it but it's just it's clean and it's energetic and it, it sucks you in so my, my thank, you, thank, that, you, thank you thank you thank you i appreciate that it's really hard to get the energy levels right in the video and you just seem to have a pretty good knack for maintaining whether it's building or like just keeping it on the same level and then dropping it there's a rhythm and flow to it that's pretty cool no nah, i appreciate that i appreciate that i think as i said before it's come from a place where we really didn't know what we we're doing but <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad that you know at least we have an audience now that can appreciate that and especially people that can appreciate the individual components of the things that make up the video. So yeah, I really appreciate that. See, one thing I'm always curious about when I meet people who kill it as photographers, because your pictures are also pretty dope as well. It's like, okay. <laughs> it's like, okay, he's, he takes good pictures and his videos are like dope. All right, dual threat. Which one was the first love, photography or videography? Oh, defo photography. Definitely photography. I mean, I started taking pictures, I think in 2010. Mm. So I was taking pictures in school and it's it's a i guess it's a nice story so one of my friends in school and my one of my classmates she brought in a camera i think it was a canon rebel t3i i think a 500d like back in back in the day okay yeah it was just one of those things like i love technology anyway so if i see something that i find cool i'm gonna want to try it like see if i can use it see if i can figure it out so yeah so she brought a camera to school and it's just one of those things you know we're taking pictures and you take a couple pictures you think okay yeah I'm actually <laughs> doing well, so let, you know, <laughs> exactly let me let me try and get inside small again okay cool so every time she'll bring it you know i'll take a couple more pictures and eventually she was bringing it for like school productions mm. school events 
and they would ask me to help out as well so from that that's when I actually started taking pictures for people in the school and at the time her boyfriend was running this brand that had those Shambhala bracelets. I don't okay. know if you remember, but okay. Okay. those like bracelets that, you know, everyone wanted and like form four, form, form five or something. So you were like taking their products pictures for that. Exactly. That exactly. That was my first shoot that I did. And yeah, since then, as I was saying, once I got into SOS as well, I came with my camera <laughs> and uh, yeah, I literally haven't stopped since then. So it's, it's definitely been my first love it's what I would be doing, literally. I think I was writing my IGCSEs and instead of like studying, I would be editing pictures like <laughs> up until like 1 a.m., 2 a.m. And I'd be like, okay, cool. Let me actually study for like an hour or two and then get back to the editing. So yeah, definitely my first love in terms of that creative scene and, and, and those creative avenues. What's your pet peeve when shooting a subject, when you're shooting someone? Hmm... I hate when people are like, they have dead energy, man. You know, like when, for, yeah, because for me, one of the things that I realized quickly was I like shooting with people and not inanimate objects or just like locations, like landscapes, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Exactly. I like the process of interacting with the subject, making them excited, making them laugh, even if it's a, a dramatic thing where they have to show other emotions that, you know, they actually have to force out. I like that process. So definitely, you know, when someone wants to shoot, but they're not coming with the correct energy, it makes my work difficult. Yeah. And then that reflects in the picture. So yeah, that's definitely my pet peeve. I would say I definitely <laughs> used to come with dead energy, but that's just mm. because I feel like for most people, you do get in your head. It's one of those mm. things like you're never fully conscious of your movements and how you sound or how you look like mm -hmm. so suddenly you have like this mirror in front of you and it's like oh shit what do i do <laughs> how do i stand like what happens to my hands yeah. type deal yeah yeah so there's definitely... yeah but I, I mean yeah I, I feel like the funny thing is out of shooting with models and then shooting with like people that are just my friends or just any regular any everyday person yeah, yeah any yeah any regular person that wants pictures taken I find it more interesting shooting those kind of people because with like the modeling and stuff, like it's very straightforward, but it's the challenge of getting someone to believe that, yeah, like I actually look nice in it because that's the <laughs> thing, like regular, you know, regular everyday people, it's like naturally in their head, like I'm not really photogenic. This isn't really my thing. Yeah. yeah. So like, yeah, these pictures might not bang, but. As soon as you show them on the on the the little, the little view screen on the camera, yeah. exactly, <laughs> then they start getting excited. That's definitely what I love about it. So I try to overcome any instances of bad energy by trying to add some of that excitement into the scenario. But sometimes, sometimes it's just not possible. If it's dead, it's dead, right? Like <laughs> you just have to walk dead. away. <laughs> exactly, exactly. All right. So I have a tricky one for you. So stick with me okay so i imagine the skills for photography and videography are complementary right so like let's say framing and photography probably helps with composition and film yeah now my question is does this work in a negative way so for example you mentioned you're an editor do you find the editor and you looking or forcing shots that lead to better transitions when you are shooting as opposed to just mm. going for something that's more chaotic you know just 
gets in the energy of the scene mm, you know i feel like i always naturally tend to go for the latter okay where i'm literally freestyling shooting handheld and that's probably why i rely so much on transition effects <laughs> okay. because you for me for it's been like yeah <laughs> like you know it's only every now and then that i remember okay let me shake the camera this way or let me pan <laughs> this way and in situations where i've actually forced that it's been harder to edit because i think my editing style is more intuitive so i'm like literally we'll have an idea but it's not really structured like that so i just try and find the best clips that create the story that i want to share instead of what we pre-planned because sometimes i think if you plan too much then boy you can like the whole editing process becomes too structured becomes too formal stuff like that so yeah i think definitely if you try and bring those kind of photography structures and make sure you're following rule of you know two thirds and make sure everything yeah, is trim and all proper. Boxes. <laughs> exactly sometimes it doesn't really work so i think definitely with videography and editing i think especially because i i haven't like taken any courses or learned that the whole the formal, process yeah, i think yeah. it's exactly i think it's, it just comes more naturally so so yeah i do think if you put too much thought into it you kind of get a negative effect from that yeah now you mentioned way back in sos getting hold of a camera and then helping out with school projects and stuff anyone who takes a look at your work i think one thing becomes clear at least to me is you seem very much a collaborative person mm-hmm. as in like you mm-hmm. really really Facts. seem to like working with people and Facts. the crack and newcomer is something that you are particularly involved in can you speak some more to that okay absolutely yeah so the crack literally started as myself one of my housemates um ty another of my housemates nathan who's brother nay and basically it was like I was doing photography, TY was heavy into music and events and basically just producing experiences like okay. he would do parties, he would do all sorts of events in Nigeria mainly. You know, we're just in the house, just each each of us doing our own thing. Then one day, you know, brother name needs a music video and it's like, why don't we do this together? Like <laughs> all right the resources there, right? we need are at home. Exactly. Literally there's rice at home. <laughs> so <laughs> so you know, there's that's where the whole like idea of working together started and gradually we started bringing like people that are that were around us like in our close network of friends to work on projects so i think the crack has just naturally been a space for collaboration it's been an idea born from collaboration and naturally we've seen that kind of carry out through all the projects that we've done yeah. moving on to newcomer as well I mean, as I was saying, in SOS, videocast exposed me to other people with similar interests. And that's also where I met Natalie, who is a co-founder of Newcomer. So with Newcomer, the idea is is basically to connect African creatives who are either on the continent or in the diaspora and helping them learn and connect with one another. I think those are three key objectives: learn, connect and earn or learn, earn and connect. I have a way you dice it, chop it up. Those are like the three main goals. So it's things that have naturally flowed into one another. I mean, speaking more about newcomer, um, that came about from the Cool Kids project. That was where Nasli and I 
were looking to shed light on the cool things young creators were doing in Ghana. Yeah. And it's funny because, you know, some of the people we featured in the very first version ended up being on like the covers of the magazine mock-ups that we did three, four years ago. So <laughs> as, yeah, That's collaboration. Great. Yeah. So yeah, collaboration is definitely something that I do. It's something that I'm always looking to continue doing and, and something I don't think I'll stop doing anytime soon. I do like the idea behind Newcomer. I think there was a, there's a section on the website that I actually took notes of because I was like, whoever wrote this copy like should be given a raise. I think uh, <laughs> what he had said was we are more than a directory. We are an African creative ecosystem. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I think that's pretty cool because there are lots of different people doing so many cool shit. At least even when you take across the city alone. But everybody happens to be in their spaces. And there are very few instances that I guess the groups or the lanes intersect. And then you just realize like, holy shit, there's this whole different experience that this group is enjoying, but we didn't have access to. So having that connection, I think, will be particularly, particularly useful. And my question I'm going to tie into that, and I feel like your answer is going to be yes, is is collaboration the ultimate form of artistic experience? You know, I'll only say to some extent, man. Oh, interesting. Because I thought, going to, I thought you were going to be like fool. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's it's very easy. It's very easy to say yes, but at the same time, like some people just they can get stuff done just on their own. They don't need anyone's help. Anyone else being involved in the process just makes what they bring out worse. Mm. And I've come across people like that and it's like, fair enough, man. <laughs> Literally, fair enough. Like, if you can do it on your own, fair enough. But I think at the end of the day, like, it really depends on what your ultimate goal is. Some people, I think they are super talented and where they've tried to work with others they either clash too much or that whole process of sharing ideas back and forth, not having 100% control or ownership of how you're conveying the art that you want to share to the public. It, it, it kind of has that negative effect sometimes. So that's why I say to some extent, I agree that collaboration is, you know, the ultimate form. But but yeah, it it's not the same all the time. It's not the same all the time. But for me personally, yeah. That's something I, I believe in, but I do see that, you know, it's, it's not always the case. What's good, guys? I'm Corey. And I'm Smiley. And we are from the After the Whistle podcast. The After the Whistle podcast is the number one African sports podcast show. And we discuss the biggest news, views, and reviews in the world of sports. We focus mainly on football, but we dabble in a little NBA, NFL, tennis. Basically, anywhere there's a sports story to be discussed. You can listen to the After the Whistle podcast on listentogcr.com or on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. After the Whistle. Dominate the conversation. Humans are social creatures that rely on cooperation to survive and thrive. And we do that by seeking and building relationships with others. It's key to success in our careers, social, and personal lives. On Bad Energy, we are all about sharing and discussing incidents where we just had to cut someone off for our own good. Listen, learn from us, and if you have similar experiences, we would love to hear them. Just use the hashtag GCRBadEnergy on any social media platform. All right, Nigel, again, let's get a bit crazy with this. So on a scale <laughs> of 1 to 10, where 1 is taking a picture with your smartphone, and 10 is using old school, like the proper mechanical camera, complete with film, so like difficult, how easy would you say it is for people to get to know you? 
Boy, that's a hard question. Take your time man. with it. <laughs> that's a hard question. I feel like some people have known me or known of me, but very few of them know know me. If 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 that makes sense. So I'll like, say like I get that. maybe like an eight. Okay. Eight or nine. I won't say ten. I'm, <laughs> I feel like I'm I'm quite approachable, so you know it doesn't get too hard. But yeah, I'll definitely say like an eight. So maybe like a, a film camera, but you have some manual somewhere if you, if you try and look hard <laughs> Okay, so you're like yeah. you are basically you have to work in manual. Um, exactly. Yeah. Personally, I feel like I lean towards that spectrum as well. Definitely like a seven, eight. And mm. how I visualize it is there's a. There's an open courtyard, but then there's an inner sanctum. <laughs> if that yeah. makes sense, like you mm-hmm. can definitely relate to people, but then it's not everyone that you are going to like let in, let in. Facts. Yeah. Facts. Facts. And I feel like that's definitely helped in terms of just not being disappointed by people and also just not having to 100%. cut people off <laughs> just because mm-hmm. if you aren't getting that close for me to actually need to cut you off like yeah cool you did that all right we move we keep it moving um, absolutely i mean one, one thing i always say is you know i'd rather not give people the opportunity to disappoint me because then i feel like that's on me for allowing that to happen as opposed to them for disappointing me yeah so yeah, yeah definitely i understand where you're coming from all right so this is a part of the show where we ask you to share with us an incident where you had to cut someone off wait okay. <laughs> like someone okay, that you just cool. you know just i just you just have to move on from the situation of the person and just be like you know what just just live your life i'm gonna go this yeah. way and you just stay right there yeah yeah nah boy i mean this one i think i might have to go back <laughs> we're taking back, it back <laughs> because yeah because literally i was saying like as we started a show i feel like in the last couple of years i haven't had to do things like that like i'm not one of those people that yeah i'm cutting people off day first december yeah <laughs> getting the scissors out no it's been you know i feel like now i really have a, a good group of friends good group of people that i know people that i can trust and rely on yeah such that it's not like any incoming outgoing but yeah but this one boy this story is probably from when i was back in gis like okay. form five and the whole situation was where it's like prom time. <laughs> yeah. So my, literally my girlfriend is like here. So I'm sure she'll be laughing in the background. Yeah. So like prom time, you know, everyone is trying to see who you're going to go to prom with. Everyone is trying to, you know, see who's going to yeah. have the flyer suit, who's going to have the flyers person they're going with. But yeah, like... I think there were there was a group of people at that time who, you know, at, at that time we felt we were all friends, like all in the same group chat, all play football together, yeah, all, you know, yeah. roll together after class, blah, blah. And yeah, this group of people, it was like in front of me, they act a certain way, like they act like we're all good. But once we are not together, like they are saying all sorts of weird things. So in this particular prom situation, you know, I asked this girl to go to prom with me and she was like, yeah, you know, so obviously I'm gassed because, <laughs> yeah, you know, finally you have prom day, you know, <laughs> getting the suit ready, making sure everyone is, you know, matching the, the drip. <laughs> and uh, yeah, like, so a couple of days later, 
after I've received the confirmation, all of a sudden, like, this girl's like, oh, um, she doesn't really know if, you know, she will be able to make it because I don't know if she's, like, feeling some way. Damn. And then I'm like, ah, like, how would this happen? This doesn't happen. This is not in the plan. This is yeah. not in any of the, <laughs> the storylines that you come across. So literally i'm wondering like what has happened and then i realized this girl was close to that group of people that i thought you know we were close with so what i've heard is you know they've gone and said things about me that have put her off mm. and apparently like that influenced her decision to now you Just know back fall on. back on yeah. the agreement exactly so yeah like for that particular situation i had had my concerns about this group of people but i think that was the last straw that was what you know made me think right if these people can go and do such a thing like why do i really need to be that close to them so yes from there like <laughs> anyone that really knows me knows that i operate on like a binary basis it's like we're cool or we're not cool like things are either <laughs> yes or no one or zero like black or white It was a situation where after we were cool, we didn't be cool again. <laughs> so it, it literally had to be a situation where I cut them off. But yeah, I mean, by God's grace, still got a prom date. So <laughs> Mine is we still like, have I so the <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah, normal crap. But yeah, still got a prom date and um, yeah, still had fun on the day. But literally, I think after that day, I was very careful very very calculated when it came to you know who i call my friends and i feel like such a thing was very important so early because listen we think we're like big people in form five like yeah i, I think even I'm know how old you are like yeah. 16 15 yeah you're like yeah i mean i know what's going on in life <laughs> but come to think about it to this day like people don't know like they don't know the importance of having your boundaries making sure you stick to those boundaries and making sure that the people that are within those boundaries are 100% with you. Because if you have any higgy hagger on the fence kind of people, boy, that can that can literally ruin your life. And, I, and I've seen it happen to people. So so yeah, that's, that's my story about the situation where I had to cut not just one, but a group of people off, yeah. I'm curious, did, did she, the first date, did she end up coming to mm. prom or she just like built completely? Nah, funny thing is she was in a different school anyway. So ah. it was like, you know, like one of them situations where you were going to turn up with this one that <laughs> From no one even knows. Like, <laughs> hey, nah, oh, man. it was due to be, it was due <laughs> to be serious. But yeah, it is what it is, man. At the end of the day, like, it is what it is. And I think, I don't even know, but... I ended up going to three proms in the end. Um, not just that year, but this should have probably been part of the introduction, but I spent half my life in the UK and half my life in Ghana. Okay. As you said, British Ghanaian, or as I'll say, Ghanaian British. And um, yeah, so I, I, I that summer, I came back to London um, for summer holidays. And that happened to be the same time that my school here um, had their prom. So I went there, you know, and, and it was still fun. and. And we moved on from that whole situation. So, yeah, I think that was definitely a, a funny time in my life. And, and, yeah, I think since then, I've just been operating on that same wavelength, to be fair. Like, it's either you're with me or you're not with me and, and, and we move regardless. Do you feel like that experience kind of has you looking out for similar characteristics from that group? 
with people you meet like okay this person is showing this tendency that i now associate with this kind of behavior so i'm just gonna not give you that much space or just stay back yeah i think so definitely because you know aside from photography me i'm a finance economics guy and one thing we learn about markets is as much as past behavior does not predict future performance that's the best indicator it's what we have what you're gonna see exactly so that's definitely a thing that i do look out for and i'm very sensitive towards and sometimes it even happens in a way that i don't expect like it's become so like intuitive that i do it you know almost second nature as soon as i see the way people are behaving it's like i know i know and and me i don't like like complications i don't like you know what it's going to be so like why go why exactly go that dance exactly again? <laughs> why 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 deal with all that like don't even get involved or if you have to get involved keep it in a professional capacity and then move on that's it really did you ever talk to i mean i know you said you're binary but let's say fast forward i mean you've mentioned growth when we were talking a bit earlier do you feel mm. if it happened now, you would have that conversation with them and be like, yo, gang, this is why I'm cutting things off because I felt you did this, this, this. I might not be looking for an explanation or an apology, but I'm just going to let you know from my perspective or my view, this is how I see the situation and this is why I'm acting or this is why my actions are going to be so and so. You know, I, I feel like it depends on what the issue might have been. Okay. So... Funny enough, you know, it's not like the same situation. And the reason I didn't even mention this as a story was because I didn't end up cutting these guys off. Yeah, this is still related to like, for instance, my crack guys. I mean, I remember there was a point in second year where, um, you know, we were all supposed to go to this house party. And, you know, I was in my room kind of just waiting for these guys to let me know when, you know, when, when to get ready, when we're rolling. And... Next thing I know, like, I realized, oh, the house is quiet. <laughs> I'm like, oh, wait, hold oh, on. Man. What's going on? What's going on? And I go out of my oh, room man. and it's just like, rah, everyone has left. I'm like, oh my days. This is how it is. Like, we're all in the same house. You can't even tell me that you're going. So based on how I used to act, my first instinct was like, rah, like, like we're not friends. Like if you can do something like this to someone you're you're living with, you're obviously not friends with them like that. But one thing I quickly learned in that situation was first of all, stuff like that happened. It doesn't mean People they hate are you. Different too. It's yeah. Exactly. Like this is like the first year we're living together. It's not like life threatening or, or that deep. <laughs> yeah. And especially like relative to my situation like i'm like 19 or 20 or whatever that situation is not a big deal compared to like when you're 15 16 prom is a big deal if you don't have a prom date why That's are you your even world, like yeah. why there? Are you <laughs> what are you <laughs> exactly. doing with yourself yeah exactly so i think it really depends on the situation i think with the whole prom thing if anything on that level had happened no nah, i mean i don't care like if I have to cut you off, it's not something I'm going to now announce like, rah, yeah, I'm cutting you off. This is the reason. I don't have to explain myself. You've done something. If you have the sense, you'll know that you violated. Hence, you'll know why I'm behaving the way I behave. But yeah, yeah I think definitely if, if something was like that was to happen now, I expect that same level of understanding from the people around me to know that actually this is something where I've made a mistake. So let me approach him and say, listen, this was not our intention. But yeah, if you feel anywhere about it, this is where we were coming from. And then we can have a discussion, but I'm not going to tell you like, yeah, I'm cutting you off because you've done this now. Like, that's a waste of time. 
I have people I'm cool with, so they don't cause me problems. Why would I now do more to keep such a person around? No, it's, it's not worth it. So you're talking accountability then, like from the mm. people around you. Do you feel Facts. Do you feel like you reciprocate that? Like if you are sort of in the wrong, you're letting them know that, hey, I messed up in this situation and, you know, mm. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, defo, defo. Me, listen... Me being in the wrong, I have no problem with. Me making mistakes is something that it happens. Like we're all human, it happens. And if you've made a mistake and someone has reached out to you to say, or, or even if they haven't reached out to you, even if you see that, Ra, I might have treated this person in a way that they didn't like, yeah. I'll put my hands up. Like, listen, I've noticed this, this situation. This wasn't my intention. If there's any way we can fix it, like, let me know. It's really simple for me. I. I think I make life very simple. Like if I make a mistake, my duty is to acknowledge that mistake and figure out how we can overcome it. Um, if we can't overcome it, then fair enough. We move on. That's life. That's life. Hi, everyone. It's Abby, one of the roomies from the Other Room podcast show. Join us on this ride as we navigate life as women in the modern society. You're in for a bit of everything. Feminism, relationships, a bit of politics, a bit of humor, celebrating the efforts of women, past and present, and more. Check out all our episodes on listentogcr.com. And our show is available wherever you listen to podcasts. Nigel, thank you so much for coming on. Can you okay. please plug your socials and also where your work is uh, you also mentioned the crack and you comma please mention the okay. urls for those as well and for listeners okay, we so also have sorry you also have all those links in our episode show notes so you could always just click on there as well okay cool so yeah where i probably do most of my talking online is twitter <laughs> uh, isn't that yeah, true for beware, everybody beware. yeah or, or you haven't caught on the clubhouse t- crazy yet <laughs> Oh, listen oh man clubhouse we could probably have another podcast about clubhouse. <laughs> that app is is so chaotic but yeah definitely definitely socials twitter is at nig underscore bmt so at nig underscore bmt instagram is at underscore sorry <laughs> at nigel underscore am um that's my personal one and then for my photography is at nig dot jpg so at nig jpg on in terms of crack the crack is on twitter crack is at the underscore crack um so at the underscore c-r-e-c and then newcomer is also at new underscore comma and then on instagram um we have at crack dot collective um and then for newcomer at new dot comma so it's pretty straightforward. I have all the links in my bio as well for the different entities. So yeah, feel free to check it out, say hi. And yeah, like I'm approachable. Like I might not seem approachable sometimes, but I'm approachable. Man, so, man yeah, is an really age, nice. but he's approachable. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you might not get to know me, but like we'll chat. We'll vibe. The vibes are there. Exactly. Oh, that's man. right. Nigel, definitely don't be a stranger. Anytime you have any new project, definitely shoot it our way. And yeah, we'll be, you know, we'll be glad to to share. It shouldn't be a okay. problem. Okay. You know, funny enough, um, maybe I don't know where you want to put this in the podcast, but um, recently for Newcomer, we've launched a Newcomer Fund okay. um, for creatives. So yeah, ultimately what we're looking to do is 
support creatives that have had their work affected by the coronavirus pandemic. Um, anyone who's not been able to, you know, execute projects in the way they'd like or who's lost out on income, we're just looking to provide them with a little buffer, you know, in the coming months and weeks. So we're offering three donations to three different creatives, one £300, one £200 and another £100. All the information about how to apply is on the Newcomer Twitter, Newcomer Instagram. Um, and yeah, we're, 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 we're really looking to help people, you know, throughout this period. I mean, I keep saying collaboration is my thing, like, but sometimes, you know, helping people is also my thing. That's so dope. yeah, if, if, if there's something that you feel, you know, you can benefit from, definitely apply. I think the, the deadline is 1st March. So yeah, all the best to, to anyone who can apply and, and all the very best to anyone who, who's successful in the application. The deadline is 1st March. It's very likely this episode comes out after, but what I'm definitely okay. going to do is, I'm guessing you guys have artworks and stuff like that, right? Yeah, I can yeah. send that to you. Yeah, yeah, send that to me and then we can push it with the GCR social. So that shouldn't be oh, a Oh, that'll be perfect. That shouldn't that'll be, be perfect at all. If you've enjoyed this episode, do share with a friend and another and another. Use the hashtag GCR Bad Energy across Twitter and Instagram to share your bad energy experiences. We will be on the lookout for them. Follow us on Twitter at Gold Coast Report, all one word, and Instagram, the Gold Coast Report, all one word. It's been Cyril with Nigel. Bless up. And we out. This has been a Gold Coast Reports production. Catch up on episodes and discover more shows from our network on listen to gcr.com. You know, I started with photography and with that one, I feel like it's slightly easier to, you know, you tweak a few sliders here. You make sure it doesn't look too exposed. At some point, you might, <laughs> exactly, at some point, you know, you might overdo the contrast. Then when you even figure out how to do all the color stuff, yeah, that's like interesting but it's very easy to reset and then make some smaller adjustments but with editing like you are literally creating a, a story so it has to still follow a structure it still has to look visually appealing and from one frame to the next like there has to be things that capture the viewer's attention so for me i think in terms of learning about the editing it was literally trial and error so, you know, okay. I made my first music video, I think, in 2016. Um, we literally shot the whole thing in our house, in our uni house, in the living room. And then in the garden, um, we had, you know, a bunch of random lights that we found. We literally used, like, <laughs> table lamps. Um, one of my housemates had, a, like, a different color, a, a lamp that changes <laughs> color, um, all sorts of stuff. And yeah, I had a cracked version of Final Cut Pro as everyone does <laughs> who's in uni and can't afford to pay £400 for Final Cut. And yeah, it was literally idea by idea till we were finished with the video that lasted maybe two, three minutes. It took us, you know, maybe a day or two to edit, but mm. yes, it, it literally started from there. So yeah, trial and error, definitely. So with us with GCR, somebody also had to start the editing process. So I can kind of identify with, you know, just like jumping in and trying to figure stuff out. <laughs> Do you go back to watch your old stuff? Because yeah. I don't listen to old edited episodes. I mm. I debate trying to remove the old like season one stuff just because it's like, oh my God, what was I thinking? But 
I leave it there anyway. Do you go back to watch all stuff? Nah. <laughs> you know what? Me, I'm a hoarder. I can't lie. Even on my phone, I have like, I think last time I checked, it was 34,000 photos and videos. You don't like, delete stuff. Old stuff. Oh. I don't delete anything. Like I have three hard drives and one of them is just backups of backups of backups. Like from my original Damn. laptop from 2012. Yeah. So definitely like when I meet new people, when I'm in a new environment, if I want to show them anything about Crick, I literally start from the very first video, like our very first Crick TV. I show them how things were because I think it helps us appreciate the growth. That's true. And then also helps us, you know, realize where we need to keep going if we want to follow that same trajectory. So yeah, definitely I, I, I always, always watch through the old videos. Funny enough, even down to like my old SOS videos. So I went to school in SOS as well. And um, yeah, we were part of this group called Videocast. Okay. And Videocast, yeah, was kind of like an after-school club thing where those with interest in video photography could get together and work on projects either for the school or for themselves. So we made adverts for um, school funfair. We made adverts to raise money and things like that and you know we have videos as Untergust is playing in the background <laughs> funny funny edits and things but i think that's where it all started so it's always good to see where you've come from so you know where you have to be in terms of growth yeah no that's pretty dope when people show you who they are why don't you believe them why must you be shown 29 times before you can see who they really are why can't you get it the first time?